0: Game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official
1: voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chats. Well, that is a rough one tonight for your Edmonton Oilers as they are beaten quite badly by the St. Louis Blues. 6-3 is the final. Connor McDavid was able to get three assists for the Oilers, but he and most of his teammates did not have a very good night. St. Louis, three for eight. On the power play, former Edmonton Oil King Jake Neighbors was very good tonight. He had a goal and two assists. Robert Thomas, the Blues' leading scorer, had a goal and two assists. Jordan Binnington made 36 saves, so the Blues get the 6-3 win. Their record goes to 29-22-2. The Oilers have now lost three of their last five. They are 31-18-1 on the season. One minute before 9 o'clock, along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for joining us. It's Heartland Ford, overtime, open line. Well, Rob overall the Oilers not good enough tonight but we'll focus on the second period to begin with and for the second straight game the Oilers are badly outplayed in the second period both by the quality of play by the opposition and the poor quality of play by the Edmonton Oilers. They survived it against Detroit because they were only minus one <laughs> in a period in which they weren't very good they were minus four in the second period tonight and lose by three goals.
2: Well in all honestly they might have been worse in the game against uh, the Red Wings giving up the number of odd man breaks they get they just had great goaltending some of the things that we saw in the first 12 games of the season Uh, The poor decision-making, the odd man breaks, the not getting pucks out, guys leaving the zone, wrong side defensively, creep back into the game over the last few games. Uh, I know that there was excitement, and and we talked about a a bunch, the excitement of the Connor McDavid six points in the third period the the other night. But again, and I, I said it after the game, so it's not like I'm throwing this out there now. It masks the fact that the Oilers did not play well. They didn't have a good third period. Connor did. All the all those plays that happened were when Connor was on the ice. He was creating. Uh, they weren't the better team, and they gave up four goals in that game. And then tonight they came out. And it was just a continuation of some just poor decision making. Not not attention to detail. They were a very detailed team that gave up nothing easy. When they were winning all those games, even when they weren't there offensively, it was an off night offensively. They were finding ways to win games two-one or three-two. Uh, right now, they're forcing themselves to have to score five goals, six goals. Uh, St. Louis is good. They took advantage of the Oilers. Uh, they t- the Oilers got undisciplined again, uh, took silly penalties, and their penalty killing. What's that now? Eight goals in the last four games against? This is after it was all-world, where it went 90-some percent over the winning streak. I think they gave up three tonight, so that would be eight in the last four games. They're just bad habits have creeped into their game. The quality of opponent now is much better. And we talked at the end of the winning streak, they won a couple games where they were not the better team. In the game, they were just the better team on paper, and and they they just won simply because they had more skill. Well, now they're playing playoff teams, and these playoff teams, you might have some better skill high end with Connor and Leon, but they're much deeper. And tonight we saw a hungrier team. The St. Louis Blues were hungry in this hockey game, and they deserved this victory. They were the better team through 60 minutes.
1: Yeah, it was two-one for the Oilers after the first period, and then uh, as we mentioned, just uh, all St. Louis in the second period. They got four goals to go up five-two, and St. Louis had numerous opportunities to pull away even further as they spent the uh, majority of the first half of the second of the third period on the power play. Uh, I mean, Cece went off at four forty-four. DeHarnay went off. Uh, with a double minor at 6.36. So really six consecutive minutes of power play time for St. Louis, and they weren't able to really put it away. Corey Perry got his first uh, as an Oiler with 8.46 left to make it somewhat interesting. But, uh, I, I mean, really, Edmonton just uh, not good enough tonight. And, and, and But again, Rob, that, and, and we talked about it off-air during the third period after Perry scored, if the Oilers get out of that second period... Down 4-2. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's then Perry scores. It's a different game. 100%. Because, you know, St. Louis, sure, St. Louis didn't play great in the last nine minutes of the third period. Well, they had a three-goal lead. So it's a little easier to survive that when Perry scores. But, you're, you're not feeling as much tension.
2: Well, we, we talked a lot during the winning streak how their penalty kill probably won the more games than their power play did. And their penalty killing, I mean, they were killing everything at that point, but killing in big moments. And at the end of the second period the Oilers were already down two they're killing a penalty and they give up the late power play goal to the St. Louis Blues and you're right that is just extra cushion going into the third period that means you've got to play perfect everything has to go your way and you're playing against a goaltender that was hot in Bennington. uh it's, the I mean the, the Oilers killed all those penalties off but they killed them off because a St. Louis Blues missed some golden opportunities. They had breakaways. They had three-on-ones. They had sl- shots from the slots. So it wasn't as though the Oilers completely snuffed them out. St. Louis didn't score it, and then the Perry goal. Then, the, To me, one of the funniest things of the entire game is you got a two-goal lead on the power play, and the St. Louis Blues give up a three-on-one. Like, that is shocking. Shocking in the National Hockey League. You, you'd have a peewee coach that would be mad at you if you did that in a peewee game, and these NHL players did it. But the Oilers... Yeah. Even though they made it a little interesting with the Perry goal, they did not deserve a point in this game. This was a game that they were the second best uh, team out there by a long shot. And they're going into, they've lost 3 of 5, and they're about to go into probably the best team right now in the Western Conference, Dallas on Saturday afternoon, uh, that'll be a tough one. And the Edmonton Oilers have got to find a way to get back to doing all the little things right because that has slipped in their game.
1: Yeah, St. Louis, uh, Dallas is hot. They crushed Nashville tonight. We'll give the full scoreboard in a few minutes. But uh, yeah, that's a a pretty potent team there. And we got, I think we also have to credit the Blues best players tonight Mm -hmm. who went, you know, head-to-head against McDavid and Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins and Hyman and all, the, all those guys and outplayed them. Thomas, we talked about before the game, he was excellent and I, I, I'm always going to have a soft spot for Jake Neighbors because of his contributions here as an Oil King and he was, he was a great interview. He was on my show probably four or five times a season when he was playing for the, the Oil Kings. I, I, I like keeping an eye uh, on him either if I can watch part of a Blues game or see some highlights. That's If that's not his best game in the NHL, it's probably probably right up there.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I don't know a whole lot. I, I remember I watched him in junior, and I always looked for his name. But I, 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 we don't get to see a whole lot of St. Louis games. Wow, is he a nice hockey player. He plays the right way, takes the puck to the net. Probably a little unselfish at the end because he had a three-on-one where he could have fired another one, but trying to be a little unselfish. Uh, he and his line mates were excellent. Uh, I mean, Connor McDavid had three points in this game, but he and his line mates were badly outplayed. Yeah. Badly outplayed by the Thomas line. Thomas is good. I... Uh, I said before the game he's not Ryan O'Reilly I'll stand by that but uh, he is a good hockey player and smart and tenacious and I know that Bob threw out there that he thought that the Thomas Thomas may get some Selkie votes and I was okay I, I don't know much about this kid but after watching the way he played he plays on the proper side defensively he he was smart when connor had the puck in the corners he does the little things proper and oh and by the way he's a whiz with the puck in the offensive zone so that line was excellent bennington was good pareco was uh all world as usual when he plays against the oilers Uh, St. Louis is pushing to be a playoff team. There's a lot of people at one point talking that Bennington, that's the goalie the Oilers should go and get. Well, Bennington right now is on a team that's pushing for a playoffs, but I do not believe the St. Louis Blues want to get rid of him after the performance we saw tonight.
1: 6-3, the Blues win it, and we'll just uh, go over that power play story, Rob, for Conlon Motorsports to help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online, conlonmotorsports.ca. The Oilers did go one for three with the man advantage. St. Louis, three for eight. So uh, the Blues took the first penalty of the game. Dreisaitl got a penalty. Uh, The Blues took two more in the first period. And then, yeah, it would have been seven in a row taken by the Edmonton Oilers, including... Two at the same point on the clock for Vinny DeHarnay. He got an elbowing penalty, and then he got an unsportsmanlike penalty for uh, lipping off. I mean, I, I thought that some of the infractions tonight on both sides were called a little tighter. Uh, but, that, but still, the Oilers did commit more of them for sure. So the Blues should have had more power plays the Oilers committed more infractions and then they were they were really good and I, I thought that they really moved the puck around and I mean they had a couple power play goals that were just happens really
2: well and they had two or three other looks from the slot where they're wide open no one around them it, 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 the Oilers penalty killers were fortunate that they didn't give up more tonight there were a lot of holes in the penalty killing. Now I know that when they got down in the third, they started running around in their own zone, trying to force a turnover to try and get a short-handed goal, and that sometimes creates more chances or more good looks against. But their penalty killing has that was a strength uh, for so so long here has become a weakness over the last four games. And that's something you want to correct very, very quickly. And that's something that they can. But it, it has not been good for a while. They're leaking chances.
1: All right. Oilers lose 6-3. Let's go at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Name one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. Here's head coach Chris Knobloch.
3: On the penalty kill tonight, how do you kind of rally your group to be able to respond when it might feel like you're kind of chasing from behind?
4: I think, uh, obviously, we're very frustrated with um, the calls that went against us and um, it puts us in a difficult position to, to win the game, especially when you're behind or um, we're needing goals and here we're spending time killing penalties. And, um, you know, we gotta, as a team, we have to put it aside that no matter how much we disagree with a call and, you know, there's been a lot of calls that our team has disagreed with, but we just have to put it aside and play hockey when you look at uh, the first period, what did you
5: like of the way you kind of got started and and looked comfortable in the opening 20 minutes?
4: I think we managed the puck well. I thought we moved it, um, made some really good plays with the puck, not just giving it away. Uh, We were composed, and, um, you know, I think there was maybe a couple shifts that weren't up to our standards, the one that uh, we got scored against. But other than that, I I liked and we we're just keeping our game simple, getting in on the forward check and then spending some time in the offensive zone because that's where um, we were playing our best. You mentioned uh, just before the Detroit game that you had a bit of a longer meeting with the PK
5: and just some reminders of what you were doing to be successful. Maybe it wasn't quite like that the first two periods, but that six-minute kill in the third, is that something you kind of hope or think will kind of get you back
4: to what you were doing successfully? Well, you look at through that streak and you know a lot of things were going well. Our power play is playing well. Five on five was pretty good, but probably The highlight of it was our goaltending and uh, um, and our penalty kill. And our penalty kill, definitely, we have faith in being able to kill penalties and be one of our strong parts of our game. Um, There's just been a lot of a lot of breakdowns and different kind of breakdowns. But I think we'll um, just constantly be needing to remind those guys that it didn't come naturally. That those kills, it wasn't just because of the personnel we're using. It was the personnel. Executing the details every time and it's gonna be breakdowns and that's where you need your goalie to come up with a big save But right now, we're just forgetting about those details. Corey Perry's done a lot in a short
5: time and now including a fight and a goal What do you think of the way he kind of continues to fit in nicely?
4: I think Corey's great for our team, you know, he brings guys into the fight and he knows um, you know it's little things are important and whether that's getting into a a little uh, scrum at the uh, end of the second period to try and change the momentum of the game or going to the net and creating some chaos and you know unfortunately the one we got a disallowed goal there um, but another one you know capitalized on it and you know I think um, his game is very important for us especially when so many games are going to be decided with one goal, and it's usually those little things about just crashing that net and or drawing a penalty, it's you know it's. Um, I think it's good for our team.
3: Chris, this is a first of three games on this road trip. How much is this an opportunity or a test to be able to show that it's all about how you respond?
4: We knew uh, right away that um, the month of February was going to be very difficult with the amount of travel, especially the first uh, two or three weeks, and the uh, quality of opposition that we're going to be playing. And a lot of teams that are um, really hungry to move up in the standings and fighting for a playoff spot, and we're not going to have easy ones. So, um, yeah, it's, it's good for our
1: team, and it's, it's what we need. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Okay, that is Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch after a rough one, 6-3 loss to the St. Louis Blues tonight. So uh, the Oilers have lost three of their last five after that 16-game win streak, 31-18-1 on the season. A tough game coming up Saturday afternoon against the Dallas Stars. Uh, I mean, obviously he said, if you don't like the call... I it's clearly and <laughs> Vinnie getting Vinnie got four minors tonight. By the way, uh, they weren't. I, I again, I thought. I know. I've said I. I don't think I would prefer 50-50 calls weren't called. Mm-hmm. They were being called tonight. Yes, they were. So you got to know that. And I'm not the. I'm, I just want to clarify. The power play discrepancy was not because of bad refereeing. The Oilers didn't have the puck. We're chasing. We're yep. out of position. We're reaching. So they deserve to have more penalties tonight. But you know, Vinny got his elbow up. He did. Now, was it a vicious elbow? No. W- w- are some nights do the refs say? You know what? I'm gonna let them go. I'm gonna let them go a little bit over the line tonight because he didn't knock any teeth out, but they're calling that. And then once it's called, you yes, you're not gonna gain anything by yapping.
2: No, no. And it, as a player, you. you kind of get, feel the temperature of a referee in the first 10 minutes of a game. And you see what the referee is calling, what he's not calling. And you as we said, the the first couple of penalties that were called both ways, you're like, oh, that's, that's kind of weak. I mean, yes, his stick was there. Yes, he did get near the hands, but those are usually let go. So you know that the refs are calling them. Um, as for talking back to the ref, in a game where you're behind, you you, you don't want to do that, especially if you're a, a a younger player or uh, a Less veteran yeah. A less veteran player You're You talk back The ref's not going to give you As long a leash And uh, He took an extra two Which Again as Jack Michael said If you're watching the game On television He talked about the fact that You know they killed off But they also Took six minutes off of the clock with those three straight penalties and that just leaves you very little time to come back when you're down by three playing against a good team with a great goaltender
1: so 6-3 the Oilers fall that means it is a $300 donation from James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com to 630 Chet San is Anonymous. 100 bucks for every Oilers goal. The total for the season now $17,700. We've flipped over to the Flames uh, game here on the big screen in the 630 Chet Hockey Studio. It is 3-2 San Jose with 16.05 left in the third. So we'll keep an eye on that one for you and update the full scoreboard as we move along as well. You're also going to hear from Zach Hyman and Derek Ryan. And you can chime in at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. 6-3, Blues take it. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: Hockey is brought to you by The Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Right wing to Shen. A look to the net. It goes towards it. Oh, the goal. A pad save made by Skinner. Sunquist was right on the doorstep. Off the left wing boards, Bouchard gets it down
1: the ice. Okay, that's Stuart Skinner's save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Like most of his teammates, uh, not a great night for Skinner. Stops 24 out of 29. there's also gave up an empty netter as they lose 6-3 to the St. Louis Blues, Rob. And, you know, we're talking about how, how poor the second period was. And especially in the The face of the Oilers doing a lot of good things in the last ten minutes of the first period. I mean, I think St. Louis was probably a bit better out of the gate. I wouldn't say it was massive, and then uh, the Oilers got a power play goal, got momentum off another power play. You've, you know, even though Bennington made a couple of big saves, they kept coming after that power play in which he made the two big stops and a goal in the last minute of the first period. You know, they, you're feeling pretty good about how the Oilers were looking. So even more disappointed they, they didn't capitalize on their best 10-minute segment of the game. St. Louis just came out and totally took over.
2: Well, and it's the so one thing that uh, we see game in, game out, that when you have your your push, you've got to execute and capitalize because the other team is going to have their push coming back. And I rarely do we see a team that dominates a period come out, the next period dominate. It usually flip-flops. Uh, and then it certainly happened tonight after Edmonton had their push. Uh, St. Louis came. blues came out and had their push in the second. They just executed better. And the Oilers, when St. Louis had a, a bit of a downslide in the game, it wasn't near as bad as when the Oilers yeah. had their down part of the game. It uh, just odd man breaks and defensive coverage and just everything, everything that we saw early in the season, we saw again tonight. We saw again against the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, that's nine goals. Take away, the, I don't count empty net goals, but that's nine goals in two games against the U.S. They went. 14 in a row with two goals or less, and they've given up nine in the last two, and what did you say, 20 in the last four games or five games? That's not good enough, and that's it's gotten away from what made them successful. So uh, they have a chance to rate right the ship, but they're going to have to do it in a, a very unwelcome place to play hockey as the Dallas Stars playing good hockey, a good hockey team, and it's a battle against one of the best in the Western Conference.
1: Yeah, Dallas tonight uh, absolutely cruising past... Nashville 9-2 is the final. At one point, the Stars were up 4 nothing, and the shots were 18-1. Credit for <laughs> I, You caught that, Rob. I didn't see the shots at that time. I think then Nashville got a few shots, but uh, Dallas just all over them. As we go to the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals, visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Now 5-2 San Jose. They've scored a couple of goals in the last uh, six or seven minutes since I last mentioned the score. 5-2 San Jose leading Calgary 13-18 left in the third. Canucks lead the Red Wings 2 nothing in the second period. Penguins over Chicago 4-1. Maple Leafs beat the Flyers 4-3 in overtime. Nylander had the game winner. Austin Matthews had the other three goals for the Leafs. It is the Ducks winning 5-1 in Ottawa. Rangers knock off the Canadiens 7-4. Did you say Kreider had a hat trick in that one? Kreider had a hat trick tonight, trick. yes. The Lightning beat the Avalanche 6-3. The Kings bounce back from that ugly one in Buffalo to beat the Devils 2-1. And the Sabres after shutting out the Kings 7-0 lose 4-0 to <laughs> the Florida Panthers who were having a great season and uh Seattle over Boston 4-1. We saw a little bit of that game and then we were showing the highlights. Odd man rushes. Uh, you know, Boston giving up a 2-on-1, another one, kind of a partial 2-on-1, but Veneer's pulled the puck into the middle and got the shot away, so just shows you
2: well odd man rushes kill you and the Oilers were doing so well for long stretches of this season where they were not giving those up with any consistency well it's they have been as of late and the other teams have been taking advantage of them
1: 6-3 Blues beat the Oilers tonight we have Vince on the line Vince you're on with Robin Reed go ahead please hello hey Vince go ahead Hey, boys, i got to be honest with you. That was uh, probably
6: one of the worst displays of officiating in the NHL I have seen. Um, I know the Oilers definitely deserve more calls, but I thought the day our call was weak. The cross-check on Hallway was a complete phantom cross-check. You clearly see the guy trip there. Kane was smooth-footed and tripped just, uh, just before they scored in the third there um, on separate occasions. I think Bob even mentioned it on the broadcast. The, the referee um, has had a rough go, and I think you just have to go back to the mind piece. Um Want to hear your honest thoughts on that, boys?
1: Thanks. Yeah, well, I talked about it a little bit. I, I I don't think the Oilers lost because of the refereeing. I I usually think if it's close, I'd prefer not called.
2: I agree with that, but the Oilers put themselves in the position yeah. to to have the the calls. I mean, they doesn't need to put his, like he purposely put his elbow up against Shen's head. Did it on purpose. Uh, shouldn't have done it. You're, you're trailing in a hockey game. Don't give the ref that look. There was one uh, about three minutes later where Ekholm hit a guy from behind, drilled his head into the boards, it was way worse. They didn't call that one. Uh, the Holloway one, it looked worse in re- real time than it did in the replay. Uh, in real time, I'm watching TV, so there's a cross-check. They called it when they showed the replay, it didn't look as bad, but the Oilers put themselves in that position because they were chasing. So uh, I I know that the Oilers would have uh, preferred a couple of those not to be called, but to me it's just don't give the ref the opportunity to make a difference in the hockey game, and the Oilers did, and uh, some silly penalties that cost them problems. and. Uh, to me that was just one of the problems for the Oilers tonight uh, they There was a lot of other problems this is a, This was a six three game was the final yeah that could have been nine or ten three with the amount of grade A scoring chances they gave up
1: all right, well, stuff. Alex, standing by, Alex, thanks for calling. Go ahead. hello guys. how are you? Good well, you know Reed, I, I like what you said about you know the last ten
6: minutes of that first two you 're right they were uh, you know, they took over there a bit. And, I, and the first intermission, I was saying, right on, here we go, let's go. And then, you know, it turned into a show, like you said, the checking was just brutal. On that second goal, like Nugent Hopkins, you got to have your head on the swivel and find out where your guy is. And, and then Hyman, the third goal, same thing. You know, and we're talking a 12-year veteran in, in Nugent Hopkins and a nine-year veteran in Hyman, you know, on the little things, you know. And um, it's just lazy hockey. And I just want to make a point. I'm not here to bash Bouchard, but Bouchard's going to get exposed in the playoffs. There's a number of games now in a row where I see him coast back into his own end to retrieve pucks. It doesn't seem like he wants to get physical, and he seems to be the same thing, you know, and doesn't have his head on a swivel. There's no sense of really digging in there. The other point I want to make is that... Uh, I can't, for the life of me, understand how the management of the Edmonton Oilers could possibly think Connor Brown was going to be a top six forward, and 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 I know that, and it just blows my mind. 3.25 million against the cap next year. I'm going to ask you, Rob, the over/under, and it's got half goal. Is it going to be under or over for Connor Brown? (laughs) You you know what? It's it's almost a comedy of errors
2: right now that. He's getting good. Look. I mean, tonight he puts one off the crossbar. It's, it, it is shocking, shocking that a guy that's had this many good looks and there's guys that play years in the NHL that they don't get looks. They're they're not there for any offensive reason. They're there. They have other roles and they will get two good looks a year. Connor Brown has had a ton of good looks. Wide open nets, uh, breakaways, partial breakaways. Tonight he walks out of the corner. Uh, I. It, it's shocking that one of them hasn't gone in. I would have to think with the amount of chances he's getting, he's going to get a goal. But, I mean, what was it, Tobias Reeder? Was that who it was Toby for the Oilers? didn't get a goal. Didn't get a goal, and, well, actually, that, that was the beginning of the end for the Oilers, and... There was a lot of things that were said, and the others took some heat for comments made
1: after the season about Tobis. Oh, that was during the season, Nicholson said that. Was it during? That was during the season. Oh, yes, because yeah. I remember Reader doing a scrum after. A oh, yeah, you discipline. are right. Yeah, that yeah was you are right. The season. So,
2: I, now, there was a lot of people that were high on Connor Brown coming here. They thought it was certainly an upgrade over Kyler Yamamoto. Uh, and there were people who said, you know, it's going to take some time because of the injury. but
1: Yeah, it's a huge disappointment. It, it
2: has been. And, well that was supposed to be the Oilers right now and Bob talked about it tonight on the broadcast and you and I have, read, have, talk, have talked about it the Oilers possibility of looking for someone in their top six they were supposed to have solved that last summer when they brought in Connor Brown and right now Connor Brown's penalty killing is the only thing keeping him in the lineup
1: yeah it's I mean look I, I thought he'd he'd be a top six player so I guess uh, obviously Oilers management will will take heat for that that's fair enough that's how it goes you get criticized on the results or credited sometimes for the results, but yeah, and that, that contract is going to be – that's bad for next season. I mean, there's no other, there's no other way to look at it. Uh, well, in
2: all honesty, it was probably going to be bad next year no matter what Connor Brown did because they are paying him $3.5 million to not play here next year probably.
1: Yeah, quite possibly. So, but if he was on pace to get 25 goals, you might be thinking, well, okay. It was we worth but it. But to me, that's one of the biggest uh, – and look, it's going to be probably a little more negative tone tonight because they lost. They're still having a, a, a good season, and they're still in a playoff spot. But that that's one of the biggest disappointments of this season for me is is that we're saying the same thing we were saying one year ago. They don't have a, to, a true top six. They have a top five. Yeah. And that's the, the same sort of situation. And I think some other guys have had decent seasons like, you know, Fogle and McLeod. And at times they've played uh, on the second or even first line. But, you know, there's nobody that you look at, Okay, like Hyman. He's never, you know, he, if whatever line he's on is, is one of the top, top, two, six, top, yes. top two lines. Yeah, no, it,
2: it it has been an ongoing issue is finding someone to play on a line with Leon Dreisaitl, which he would think would be one of the most sought-after <laughs> spots in the National Hockey League outside of playing with Connor. Uh, yeah, Brown has been a disappointment. Uh, Corey Perry got a chance tonight playing in the top six, scored a goal tonight. Uh, I, but again, they didn't like what happened last game with Corey Perry up there. They didn't think there was enough speed against the Detroit Red Wings and he got moved down. They're, we've talked over the last week and a half that the Edmonton Oilers are going to find out what they truly need and what, who they truly are in the month of February. A lot of games against a lot of good teams leading up to the de- trade deadline. So it's it's pretty apparent when you watch that there are still deficiencies. And again, every team in the league has deficiencies. But we are just focusing on the Oilers, and you're starting to see theirs.
1: Yeah, and uh, like and Alex said, we talked about too, the Oilers' top players were not good enough nope. tonight. And I know plus minus isn't everything, but McDavid minus two, Nugent Hopkins minus two, Kane minus one, Hyman minus three, Ekholm minus two. Bouchard minus two. Everybody else was even, except for Corey Perry, who was actually plus one in this game in in sixteen thirty four. I mean, they were showing the highlights. Like, I I know he mentioned plays with Nugent Hopkins and 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 Hyman, but you know McDavid looking looking for someone to cover. Like, not sure where he's supposed mm-hmm. to be. There was I'm not even sure which goal it was. There was so many. Cece's trying to cover two guys in front because Nurse has has leaked out. So. Somebody else should have been there, either nurse or, or forward to drop down. Well, usually so, the center. So yeah. CeCe leans toward one guy. The rebound goes to the other guy. It's, it's in the net. I mean, those are huge errors.
2: Yeah. No, the, the again, Bob said it, and we agree. The St. Louis Blues best players were better than the Oilers best players. doesn't happen very often, but I can tell you this. When it does happen, the Oilers usually lose. Uh so, I mean, there's, there's things that the Oilers need to get better at. Now, I don't think the Oilers could just start be looking at the trade deadline it's going to solve all their problems because what the way the Oilers played tonight, the way the Oilers played against the Detroit Red Wings for much of the game against the Anaheim Ducks, I don't care who they care, get at the deadline, that isn't good enough to beat the Vegas Golden Knights in, in a playoff series or the LA Kings or the Dallas Stars. That doesn't get you wins in series against good teams. The Oilers need to play better. They need to play more detailed. They're capable of doing it because, obviously, we saw that over a 16-game stretch.
1: We'll give Corey Perry the fourth start tonight for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. So he gets his first with the Oilers and, uh, like I said, the the only plus player in the game tonight. Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh, does achieve the milestone of playing in his 800 800- and 51st game as a member of the Edmonton Oilers that ties Mark Messier for the third most in franchise history. Ryan Smith played 971. Kevin Lowe played 1,037. 6-3, the Blues take it. You can still chime in at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three, and you'll hear from Zach Hyman and Derek Ryan. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 chance. What was Zach Hyman? Now he finds a puck in the neutral zone. He'll bring it in. He'll give it to McDavid. Down the left wing. Puts it on net. Saved by Bennington. They jam away. Scores! Ryan Newton Hopkins found a loose puck.
1: All right, so Nugent Hopkins with one point tonight. I set the line for Nuge points at one and a half for River Creek Resort and Casino Excitement. Bet on it. Sean took the under. He gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. That was as good as it got for the Oilers, really. That was the 2-1 lead with 26.2 seconds left in the first period. And then the Blues came out and uh, just took it to the Oilers with four goals in the second period. And the Blues win it. 6-3, uh, a couple plays in the first period as well. Bouchard scored from the high slot just before the three-minute mark of the game. Corey Perry, goalie interference, pretty obvious on that one. And then St. Louis also scored. And I guess probably in hindsight that was a sign of things to come because poor coverage by the Oilers in their own end. Sunquist scored probably a half second after the buzzer. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's the, a good the, point. the Blues didn't even try to, uh, I mean, both teams were leaving the ice when the referees were still double-checking the clock, so so they knew, but you, you mentioned it too that that was a really poor defensive play by the Oilers that, hurt them because it didn't count, but St. Louis just kept coming with that. In well, yeah, you're,
2: you're right, and I, and I didn't even think about it till until you, you mentioned it now, but St. Louis, it, it was a wide-open backdoor, empty-net goal that the Oilers lost complete coverage on, and sure enough, the, that just carried on in the second period where it was just mistake after mistake, and the Blues just, just kept peppering Skinner. He had no chance, so uh, uh, to me, that's... I know that the Oilers got one eight four 8 whatever it was on home ice, and Connor had six points. I didn't think the Oilers played very well in that game. I thought Connor did, and I thought Skinner did. And I think, to me, that's six straight periods where the Oilers have not played as well as they had been playing. And they, part of their game that really set them back early in the season, that has creeped back in, and that's the way they've been playing as of late. Not the smart uh, disciplined style that ha- got them all the success. They're trying to uh, outscore their mistakes, and we've seen in the past when the Oilers try to outscore their mistakes, it when they start playing good teams, it doesn't work.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, they haven't played well since the last four games haven't been great. I, I, I think the Vegas game was. A pretty good game. I, yeah, I agree. I thought, that I thought good, both I thought teams were excellent. Idea. I thought that was a good game. Yep. That lost. The winning streak ended. They didn't have a great night against Anaheim. Nope, just Anaheim's not a good team. You know, and having said that, that's pro sports. That's yep. sports at any level. Sometimes, like we've said, you can win with your your B game. Uh, I And I've said this and I've talked to Bob, but I, I didn't think the L.A. game was as, as disastrous as he thought it was, but they were the second best yep. team. Yep, 100%. And then, and then these last two games just uh, – uh, too sloppy defensively. The Flames get one back, but it's 6-3 for the Sharks with 320 left. So a rough night uh, could be both 6-3 losses for Edmonton and Calgary. We'll see if the Flames can do something later. Seems like every shot's going in the last
2: <laughs> few minutes of this one. Uh, certainly every shot for Santa, San Jose has gone in. But even at the end of the the winning streak, there was a couple games that the Oilers played uh, lesser teams, and they they found a way to win, but they weren't the better team each and every night or it was it was a little closer than it should have been and well, i mean it was craig mctavish used to talk about the end of a winning long winning streak sometimes you're winning despite the way you're playing and i think the others were on times doing that um but it, when they were getting outplayed they were it was marginal uh, now it, it's the, the big mistakes are back in their game mm-hmm. and the big mistakes they had hidden um, I know that the one caller talked called called about Bouchard. I, I don't think anything that he said about Bouchard is something that's new to Bouchard's game. That is just the player that he is. Um, there are strengths to his game. There are some deficiencies in his game. I think his decision making is much better, but he's never going to look like a player that uh, has a an intensity that uh, a Leon or a Connor has. That's just not in his DNA but it's not just Boucher. It, tonight, it was just about everyone in the
1: lineup could have been and should have been better. 6-3, the Blues win it. Let's go back to St. Louis. Here's Oilers forward, Zach Hyman.
3: Zach, a night where your group runs into a hot goaltender right off the hop. How do you try to adjust your game accordingly and the way that it goes throughout the entire 60 minutes?
7: Uh, I mean, I don't think I mean, he played well, obviously, but that wasn't the, the main reason uh, we lost. I think uh, a lot of self-inflicted errors, a lot of things uh, we can clean up.
3: a Considerable amount of time on the penalty kill. How do you try to chase the game down when that's the case? We're kind of coming from behind there.
7: Yeah, just, I mean, that's just a symptom of uh, not having to puck a lot. I think if we're defending too much. Uh, and then when you're defending that much, you get tired, take penalties, and then uh, obviously on the penalty call. Uh, that um, just Corey Perry's goal just is that kind of encapsulate just the goals that you guys are looking to score right now just put more bodies towards net like that yeah I mean he's that's that's where you score the goals is in front of the net so um, he's been doing it for a long time he knows where to go he, he scores in the playoffs because that's where he, where all the goals are scored there and um, obviously just a, a, a great player for us and um, he gave us a spark there so what did you think of the third, you know,
5: on the road down by, I think it was three, it might have been easy to say, well, let, let's kind of save it for next game, or let's make sure we're ready for next game, but it really was a, a big push, and maybe with a couple of bounces, you're pulling the goalie one down with a chance to tie. Yeah, I thought we pushed back in the third,
7: uh, and then I think it was six minutes or something like that with, in penalties, and just tough to win, uh, but I, I mean, I think that's not the reason we lost again, like, um, we got to clean up our, our defensive zone.
3: First of three on this road trip, two more to be able to respond. When you think about tomorrow, Saturday's game, how do you want your group to be able to show up?
7: Well, really good team, obviously. Both of them are really good teams, so uh, we have to show up, obviously. Um, I think it's just going back to the basics, keeping things simple. Um, yeah, I think just making it easy on ourselves. I think today we, we did make it easy. We were turning pucks over and then spending uh, getting beat up the ice and then spending too much time in our D zone.
1: Yeah, they spent a ton of time in their own end. Uh, blues. Blues played well. Don't want to take anything away from them, but you're, you're going to have to beat teams that play well throughout the course of the season, and uh, the Oilers just uh, did not defend well enough tonight. Too much time uh, in the box, and uh, 6-3 St. Louis able to win it this evening. Uh, and You know, like I said earlier, Skinner's stats aren't going to look good. I thought Bennington made some really good saves, but... Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't think you look at this and say, oh, well, goaltending was the biggest difference in the, in this game. I mean, this this was a li- this was like earlier in the season, where a goalie would give up four, five, six, and you say, well, I don't know. Like, yeah. yeah, you'd like you'd like more saves, but you'd also like way fewer good scoring chances given up.
2: Well, yeah, I think that's what it is, and it's that's never a good sign for your team if your goalie gives up five in a game, and you're like, yeah, you know, I can't really think of any bad ones and he did make quite a few saves that probably could have gone in uh, this is a game that st louis could have scored seven or eight uh there were three power plays they had in the third they had great looks they weren't able to capitalize on they had a couple odd man breaks where they didn't get a shot because they were trying to become too unselfish jake neighbor's play was one of those uh, it, it was it was uh just not a good game i think zach hyman just said it best when he was talking there and you could hear it in his voice it's, you know, we, we were chasing the game. We took penalties because we were tired, and it was not good enough. So uh, they have uh, a quick turnaround because it's less than 48 hours before they play a very good Dallas Stars team. Uh, you certainly want to win that game. You do not want to have to go into Arizona having to try and salvage right. a road trip with a win. So uh, a win against a good Dallas team will erase a lot of memories of a
1: bad night in St. Louis. Uh yeah, I mean Arizona. They were hanging around a playoff spot for a while. They've they've dropped back twenty three, twenty five, and four. But I, I mean, I wouldn't describe them as as an as an easy out. They're it's, fifteen and eleven at home.
2: Isn't but is did they, is Connor Ingram their goalie? Is that where Connor Ingram was? Cause see, I know that he just got hurt. This is how we haven't seen Arizona, so I have no idea who they're. Goalies are, but I thought it,
1: Connor Ingram was having a great year. Yeah, they have Ingram in that, and that uh, Milka.
2: Yeah, and Connor Ingram's hurt. On, he just he's out seven to ten days, so the Oilers will be fortunate not to have to face the the better of the two goalies in Arizona. But before they get there, they may have to face Jake Ottinger
1: and a yeah a good, well, very Dal- good Dal- Dallas is team. good. I mean, they're leading the the Central now by uh, by four points. Uh, they're what are they eight one and one in their last ten? What are they in the entire National Hockey League for their fourth? It's a th- well, it's a three-way tie for fourth actually. Florida, Boston, and Dallas—they all have the same number of points. And they all played the same number of games. No vain, uh, so
2: they're, they're tied for so they're
1: second. they're tied for second. Tied basically. for 2nd anyway tied for second. Yeah, so they're, they're good. good. They're,
2: I, they would be one of the favorites to come out of the West for the Western, in the Western Conference. Uh, they've got a good hockey club. They're deep. They're, they run four lines. Uh, nobody can stop Connor McDavid. But they've got as good a defenseman in the National Hockey League at trying to defend him. Heiskanen is a fantastic defenseman that can skate. And he will see a lot of Connor McDavid. It'll be a good test for for the Edmonton Oilers, and maybe a preview if the Oilers are fortunate enough to to move on to the Western Conference fi- Finals, because Dallas is that good a team.
1: Yeah, they're they're really good. I, I had Luke Asik on my show last night, and I said which which game would you focus on on this three great trip three three game trip? He says then it's got to be Dallas. They just got so many good players. They got a good goaltender. Uh, you know, dangerous all up and down the lineup. so a very good team.
2: Well, tonight they scored nine goals, and right. their number one line was minus one in the game. The Robertson Pavelski <laughs> line was minus one in a 9 2 victory. So that shows you that they're deep elsewhere in their their lineup.
1: Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the senses. Visit JV Edmonton. Dot CA is this the end of the game in Calgary? Yeah, Coleman,
2: (laughs) with no time left, just threw one of the San Jose Sharks to the ground, and San Jose came in and they got a little ugly. I think there's a little frustration with the Calgary Flames on home ice, getting beat quite handily by the San Jose Sharks.
1: Uh, Six three is the final there, and the Oilers lose six three to the St Louis Blues. You'll still hear from Derek Ryan. You're listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: Oilers hockey is brought to you by the. Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad.
1: Three stars tonight. Robert Thomas with three points for the Blues. Jake Thomas with three points for the Blues. Jordan Binnington the winning goaltender with 36 saves. 6-3. The Blues beat the Oilers. Connor McDavid had three assists in the loss. We mentioned Corey Perry had his first goal as an Oiler. Also had a fight Late in the second period against Scandella didn't last very long, but they both got uh, five-minute majors on the play. So, Rob, we uh, we move along here, and we move closer to the trade deadline. By the way, Jake Gensel is going to be out up to four weeks, so that's could affect what happens to him at the deadline. Now, maybe he's back shortly after. Maybe a team still takes a chance on him. You know, we... we it seems every week or few days a different player pops up mm-hmm. and and that's the guy uh fans are talking about um i i, I again and, and we realize some of the candidates to be traded we have asked the we've been asked by listeners do they trade CeCe, do they trade Fogo? well you can trade anybody but you can't downgrade the team i mean i don't the orders the orders want to win so they're not in a situation where they're saying, okay, you know, we can sacrifice this position for this year because we'll ad- now then we'll address it in the summer. So that's, that's the tough spot they're in, and they have absolutely no money.
2: No, uh, and I know I, I've read articles, and you show me the one, Getzel, for CC, how it makes sense. Well, if you trade CC without bringing back a defenseman, A, that's better than CC, or at least even with him, right. you don't have anyone in your organization that can do what cc does broberg's your number one call up if you trade cc and broberg comes up from the minors, you're not as good a team and actually it would be a big drop off from cc to to broberg you got a guy that plays in your first pairing compared to a guy that's a minor league defenseman right now um would getz will make you better yes he'd make every sure. team in the national hockey league better he's a 40 goal scorer uh, but I think he makes five or six million. So you got to move that much money out or give up more prospects or, tr- or whatever to, for someone else to take his money. The Oilers, I believe, need an experienced defenseman. Uh, that can play, Uh, they have six good defensemen right now, but if there's an injury, I don't know if they trust Philip Broberg. He's played the entire year in the minors. So I want a a veteran defenseman that's got some playoff experience. Uh, They need some size on their fourth line. And preferably a big centerman that can win faceoffs. You know what they need, Reed? They need a Nick Bukestad type of player. And then, uh, yes, right now, as, as we've, we've talked about a lot tonight, right now they got a top five. They don't truly have a top six. Now, to get all of those, you want a top six w- winger, you want a fourth-line center, and you want uh, a defenseman, a depth defenseman, well, you really, you got no cash, Uh, really your prospects down in the minors is really just Broberg you're not getting much for any of your other prospects down in the minors and you got a first round draft pick but you will have to trade players on your roster because you have to clear money out to bring any of those players in and the players that you'd want to get rid of don't make any money for the others so if you're trying to say let's get rid of bottom six guys well the, the bottom four make no money they're all a million dollar player so trading them you don't Really open up any space, so uh, I, I think Ken Holland is going to try and pull off America. Hopefully, he does, but it's going to take some mm, sorcery, some trickery.
1: Yeah. Well, and we know what it it'll it'll be like if they lose to Dallas. Then it'll be like, hey, not only have you lost four of your last six, you've lost to three teams four, you're going to play in the playoffs. Four. Four, four Western, Western Conference. Teams that are, well, LA may may not make the playoffs, but we'll see. But they're you know they're still a decent team. So I mean, Vegas and Dallas and St. Louis are in for sure.
2: Well, I think well isn't LA ahead of? I think LA's ahead of St. Louis right now.
1: LA's the wild card. Yeah, and isn't what St. Louis? They're oh sorry, yes, LA is ahead on percentage points. Yeah, I'm just saying LA is not a. I guess I – well, then I guess I should say St. Louis isn't <laughs> well, either. Fair enough. No, they neither enough. are a right now they're both in playoffs. Yeah, and I, th-
2: I think they're both going to stay ahead of the, the Seattles and the Nashvilles of the league. I, th- I think they're both better. I think those could be your two teams that are – but the Oilers have lost to – well – if they lose it out they've lost to four playoff teams right and uh the 16 in a row record was like well you played of those 16 what three of them were playoff teams that you when you played them something like that i don't know what it was uh no this is they're they're facing adversity this is the first adversity they've faced since october 20th i don't know when the 12th game of the season was everything has been smooth sailing for quite a while Uh, it isn't right now, and see how they respond to
1: it. All right, 6-3. St. Louis wins this one tonight. Here's Oilers forward Derek Ryan.
3: Derek, a night where uh, your group runs into a hot goaltender right off the hop, how does that impact your game, and is there anything that you tried to adjust throughout to be able to handle that?
8: Yeah, he obviously played really well. Um, we just talked about getting more pucks and bodies to the net. Um, you look how Perry scored his goal in the third there. That's kind of the recipe to succeed against a hot goalie.
3: You mentioned Corey Perry is scoring his first goal as an oiler, but then also he has that fight in the second period. There's a bit of energy that he added to this game. What kind of elements do you like to be able to see from that, especially in a game like this.
8: Yeah, I think he brings a lot of intangibles to our dressing room, our bench, and then on the ice as well. He's uh, he's a leader, and um, he's a spark plug. He can get us going when we're not having our best night, and um, I thought he did a good job doing that
3: considerable amount of time spent on the penalty kill tonight. How do you guys try to almost try to just chase the game down when that's the case?
8: Yeah, it makes it really hard when you take that many penalties. uh, It gets you out of a rhythm. Obviously our PK has been struggling a little bit too, so you don't, um, it's hard when you keep putting us back out there again and again and again, so um, yeah, I don't know. A six-minute uh, penalty kill, or approximately in the
5: third, is that something you kind of go, hey, we, we've done this, and we can do it successfully sometimes
8: for long stretches? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's been a tough, I don't know, three games maybe. That's a pretty small sample size. We've been really good for a long time and um, maybe haven't been getting the bounces and haven't been as structured as we were before, but um, it's a confident group. We we know we can kill penalties. Well, they got to get back to doing
1: that because they've now given up. Eight power play goals against in their last. Four games. So, uh, yeah, matter of fact, the Oilers are just, uh, what are we at now, seven for 15 on the PK in their last four games. Having said that, it was more than just the PK tonight. St. Louis better than the Oilers, especially in the second period. They scored four times to take control of the game and went on to win at 6-3. So the Oilers have now lost three of their last five. You can get more on this game on 630ched.com or globalnews.ca. Our next game broadcast, presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers, is Saturday. It's a matinee, so the face-off show is going to be at 11.30 in the morning, and the puck will drop at 1. Oilers at Stars, game two of this three-game road trip. The game Monday in Arizona, also going to be a matinee. It starts at 2 o'clock Edmonton time. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers fall 6-3 to the Blues.
6: Let's go.